in Texans territory. Gabbard, plenty of time to throw. Throws out to the right side. Vance McDonald open to the 10, to the 5. And the 49ers have their first touchdown of the 2016 preseason. Blaine Gabbard to Vance McDonald. 49ers back in the ballgame. It's time to talk 49ers football on Gold Faithful with Brian Peacock and Nick Winkler. Oh, I had my mic off. Thanks again, everybody, for joining us on Gold <laughs> Faithful. My microphone is now on, and my co-host, Nick Winkler, his microphone is on. How you doing, Nick? I'm um, great. It's wonderful to hear Kate Scott, too, calling NFL games. Oh, that that, that needs to stay that way. Yeah, that's that was really cool, and uh, thankful she has agreed to become our guest on the show today. So she's going to be joining us a little bit later. She's the morning sports anchor at KMBR, a play-by-play reporter, Anchor, host, Pac-12 Network, CSN, she's all over the place. And now, play-by-play, 49ers preseason for at least two games. Right. While Ted Robinson's doing the Olympics there. So, yeah, that's awesome stuff. And she'll be able to give us some firsthand uh, insight on what she saw from the play-by-play booth at Levi's Stadium. Yeah, that, that sounds like a pretty cool place to be. I was sitting on a couch up at Pinecrest Lake watching the game with little kids running around and everything. Yeah. A little bit different experience for... Uh, for myself, but I, I watched every snap of that game, and there's just something to be said for a Chip Kelly offense. You know, from what we've come from in the past, especially last season, man, we're this is awesome. This is going to be fun this year. Oh, absolutely. And before we get to Kate and before we get to all the 49ers stuff, I do want to get one thing off my chest here to start the show. First of all, you can find Nick at Bay Area Wink on Twitter. You can find me at BD Peacock. Always subscribe on iTunes, review the show. We're on SoundCloud, we're on Stitcher, all the places you find good podcasts is where you can find us. Uh, And if you ever want to get us an email, goldfaithful49 at gmail.com. Also have an Instagram, which is goldfaithfulpodcast. So, first of all, Doriel Green Beckham, do you remember last week about this time, me talking (laughs) about a couple of trade targets for the 49ers? I, of course, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, I thought that that would be something they'd do with this, you know, mediocre wide receiver staff that they have. Right, mediocre core. Got some injured guys. Smelter, who knows right. what's going on with his career. He seems to not be able to get on the field. Eric Rodgers obviously out for the year already. Uh, and actually a couple of injuries this week with um, Quentin Patton and Bruce Ellington. Yeah. And I'm not sure if they were back in practice One today. by one. Right. So, um, and those weren't major injuries. But uh, Doriel Green-Beckham, he was a name I brought up. And he was actually traded within – Five days from that show right. that we had, he was traded from the Titans to the Eagles for backup offensive lineman Dennis Kelly. And I was shocked at first when I saw that because I thought, okay, wow, he was actually available. And then I was super right. pissed when I saw, what? Backup offensive lineman, you know, the equivalent. We have a ton of those. Right. The equivalent of a Marcus Martin or, a, or an Eric right. Pierce is what they well, gave that- up to, to get a receiver with a ton of talent and a ton of ability in the red zone. And that's really where the 49ers have been so bad, and they didn't look that good in the preseason game either in that regard. Someone who's 6'5", 240, that can go up with his athleticism and pull the ball down. He actually led the NFL last year with 91% catch rate on contested balls. So uh, that's that's what he can bring, even if he does nothing else. Bring him in inside the 20s and chuck the ball up to him. And to to bring it up again, not only did you – mentioned uh, Green Beckham, but you also mentioned Marquise Lee, and I don't know if you saw, but he scored a touchdown for the Jacksonville Jaguars, too, in their preseason game. Yeah, he actually finally got on the field a little bit and looked yeah. like a, a some, somewhat of a player, so still a target. I would like to see the 49ers make that phone call, at least. 
Uh, who knows if he'll be available, but um, they'll probably have to bring in somebody if they keep losing, guys. Yeah, I mean, this is this is rough. You mentioned Smelter. I mean, out with that undisclosed injury. I mean, this this is one of those things where it's like, oh, this he's going to end up on IR again, isn't he? Right, exactly. And and then you start to worry about his career completely. That's two in a row, yeah. yeah. Um, you can't miss two seasons of development. They just no, uh, that's so hard. Not to come right back out of from. college, no right. way. Um, but and speaking of another position, they were short on quarterback, and Christian Ponder has signed a deal. Someone that I liked okay coming out of college. I didn't think he was worth a mid-first round pick. Now the 49ers have three quarterbacks from uh, the top, what, five quarterbacks that were taken in that draft. That's five amazing. Yeah, guys. number yeah. 10, number 12, number 36, that right. 2011 draft. The Niners just stockpiling there. And obviously they've had a couple other picks from that draft inside that top 36 as well. They had Jonathan Baldwin that they traded for, mm-hmm. and he was short-lived on the 49ers roster. And, of course, Alden Smith, who they took number seven that year. So. Uh, they're getting a lot of play from that, and uh, not a lot of, not a lot of production, but a yeah. lot of roster spots. <laughs> right, right. I guess you know you just keep you keep throwing darts. You know you just hope that one hits. And what darts better to throw than high draft picks? You know, for yep. the past, there's a reason that these guys were drafted high. Scouts saw what they saw, they liked it, and teams spent equivalency of a lot of money and, you know, of, of their future on these guys. And so why not just give them another chance? You know, hey, hey maybe they'll they'll fit into the system. And we saw it a little bit last season with Gabbert, a guy that was just kind of thrown away from Jacksonville. He, he came into the 49ers, sat out a year, and then all of a sudden he got his chance and you know, didn't look great, but he looked he looked all right. And another thing that I kind of took away from, from the game uh, on Sunday is we're not seeing it all. I mean, we obviously know that. You know, th- these are this is kind of vanilla offense. Right. Uh, and Yeah, and, and so – just imagine what what kind of plays we're going to be seeing. And yeah, Gabbard again, he didn't look great, but uh, he doesn't look horrible. You know, he he missed his passes. If he hits those passes, it's a completely different first series. It's a completely different second series. You know, it's it's just a whole different game. Maybe he's just working this stuff out early right now. The timing's not fully there because that's the first game speed they've seen. They they had the practices against the Texans, and that was probably a whole nother level for them as well. So it's just we're taking steps getting ready for the regular season. You know, cutdowns don't even happen till the 30th. So there's plenty of time for these young guys to start, you know, melding together and and, and making stuff work. I, I'm pumped, man. I'm, I'm really excited. Yeah, aside from the way the game started, I, I was really, by halftime, I was really excited for Chip Kelly's offense. Um, but I will, if you want to rewind it a little bit, to 14, 19 left in the first quarter on the play clock, play clock and the 49ers are already punting for the first time. Right. Um, and There's I was that. thinking, holy crap, that's the quickest three and out in football history. Uh, I mean, the 2015 49ers wouldn't have started their first play yet. They would already had, yeah, a delay game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so inside the first minute, they had a chance to return a kickoff and go three and out. They punted away. Right. And I was like, oh, no, this is yeah. – Hyde looked a little be- rusty, too. I mean, he had, he had a pretty solid run, um, but he also had the fumble – which you definitely don't want to see. Uh, Mike Davis looked solid. Um, I, I read a bunch of stuff about how this system is pretty similar to the one he ran at South Carolina. Uh, and that uh, friend of the show, Chris Biederman, wrote an article on Niners Wire about how, how Davis has given up Cheetos and, and deep fried food and other chips and stuff like that. And that he just says that it's made all the difference in the world. And I mean, that's a guy that, I mean, man, if he could push Hyde, this, this could be this could be a big deal. I'm always blown away when I hear about the diets of some of these professional athletes and like Marshawn Lynch with the Skittles and stuff. Right. And 
it's they almost have to overcome how bad their diet is to still be great athletes. And I'm thinking, geez, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, come on, eating candy bars for breakfast. It's, that's crazy. But these guys got to think like professionals now. And sometimes it takes a year or two. And, and he was a different guy. He was quick. He was fast. He looked so much more explosive than he did as a rookie. He looked a lot more like the player you saw at South Carolina. So that was that was nice to see uh, some solid backfield depth. And Sean Drone didn't look bad himself catching the ball out of the backfield. Yeah, I mean, I think I counted 11 or 12 targets to running backs in, in this game. I know that's a big part of, of Chip Kelly's offense. So that, to me, is really exciting. You know, we haven't seen a whole lot of that. You know, there, there were a couple times uh, in Frank Gore's last season where it's just like, do do they pass to the running backs ever anymore? What's going on here? Uh, and we didn't see a whole lot of it last year either. We did when once Drone joined the team, but that, that's a big part of the game. You got to stretch the field. You got you to gotta let people know that that, that under, you know, you got you to cover it. And that'll open up the guys deep down the field. Speaking of them, you know, Vance McDonald, what's up? I mean, this is a guy that that has shown that that he can have flashes of brilliance. And sure, the defender fell down. And maybe that's what led to the <laughs> touchdown. But, hey, he looked pretty nimble out there, right? Yeah, he did. And it was something that he – it's pretty obvious when you see them all out there, one after another, all the tight ends for the 49ers. Vance McDonald's by far the most athletic guy. Oh, yeah. And if he can hold on to the ball – and do things like he did. Even I mean, the defender fell down, but after the catch, even making a move in the sure. open field, uh, he's got that ability. So he could potentially run away with that position and be a real threat as a receiver for the 49ers. He's got to catch the ball, and uh, if, if he continues to look like he looked in that first preseason game on plays like that, then and that'll be exciting. He was the second guy out there after Brent Selleck, but I mean uh, Garrett Selleck. I'm sorry, uh, Selleck wasn't out there for very long, and then. Uh, Vance was already in the game, so I don't know if that's a situation where, with the high tempo, Chip's going to rotate guys in and out, or if certain situations, you know, if, if on passing downs it's going to be a lot of Vance McDonald, and on running downs it's going to be a lot of Selleck. I'm not sure how that rotation is going to work, but um, he has a chance to put up a really big season if he's if he can hold on to the ball. Yeah, yeah, very exciting to see. Uh, also, not a whole lot from the wide receivers out there. Torrey Smith, no catches. Uh, Patton, no catches. Couple of targets. I think maybe three between the two of them. Bruce Ellington had, had one catch. Jerome Simpson, I, I think he he led the wide receivers with three catches. Just not not a lot of balls being thrown to the wideouts. It in this was game. yeah, and the, the 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 passing was probably the biggest disappointment of the whole game. It, it had a lot to do with the quarterbacks too, but it's not like the wide receivers were looking explosive and looking dynamic out there either. Simpson probably looked like the best one, right? Um, just because he's got some. Some some speed and he's got some of that size obviously and and the size is one thing the 49ers don't have a lot of now at wide receiver with no Smelter out there and no Eric Rogers out there, so, right? And you mentioned the the signing of uh, Christian Ponder at quarterback. That's because that Thad Lewis tore his ACL done for the year. He actually he looked pretty good out there. I know it was you know against backups and whatnot, but you know he looked like a guy who understood the system and you can get that as he came over from from Philadelphia. Uh, yeah. last, last year with Chip Kelly. And I think all along that was going to be his big, right. um, you know, his big give to the 49ers roster is just knowing the system and helping everybody else learn it. I don't think anybody thought he was ever going to be somebody who was going to be on the roster. They might only keep two guys anyways, and if they kept three, it was going to be the rookie over Thad Lewis, most likely, unless Driscoll fell on his face. Uh, but yeah, Tony ACL out for the year. Ponder signed, and he was at the joint practice with the Broncos Wednesday uh, wearing his number five jersey. So... Sorry, Jeff Garcia, but uh, we got a new number five in town. <laughs> I did love uh, Garcia five, that's for sure. But uh, 
Kaepernick, again, you know, he hasn't even had a full practice since you saw him out at Kizar. I mean, that was one week ago. The last show we had, he he was, you know, not looking good, looking hurt. Uh, and and sure enough, they, they've held him out. He, they refused to call it a dead arm. Uh, I know that uh, Adam Schefter is reporting that it is a dead arm. And so there's this back-to-back. I know that the 49ers are calling it a day-to-day thing. Uh, but he's out there. He's throwing. Uh, he obviously lost some muscle mass having to go through all those surgeries and not be able to work out as he did in the past. They're saying, what, he was throwing between 80 and 100-plus balls every practice, and then his arm or shoulder just just wasn't quite ready for it. Yeah, and that that happens. You go through a dead arm period. I don't know why they're worried about calling it a dead arm. I'd be more yeah. worried that it's not a dead arm because dead arm is a very minor thing. You overused it. You're kind of not in midseason shape, and you you let it hang out for a while. It gets strong again, and then you go. I mean, that happens to everybody. It happened to me as a baseball player numerous times, and I wasn't even a pitcher. So right. uh, that just happens. You throw a lot of balls, and your your arm's weak, and it straightens up. You ice it, and then you're good to go a week later. So I, I hope that that's what the situation is, and it's not a, a bigger problem for Kaepernick. And uh, there's I've on the Twitter verse I saw a few things where people were saying Cap was the big winner because he wasn't out there looking terrible like everybody else. <laughs> and I got to ask the question because where's the repetitive accuracy that Chip Kelly right. wants? I mean, he keeps using that term repetitive accuracy, and you did not see that from any of the three quarterbacks for the 49ers in the exhibition opener. Uh, so Kaepernick has a real chance to come out and look. If he looks average, he wins that job. That's all sure. it takes at this point because I think they all looked below average. You mentioned uh, the defender fell down on the big play from Gabbert, and then he was out of the game, and he looked awful before that. His two misses to Carlos Hyde on the first Horrible. drive were just Horrible. You, you just cannot have that. No, I mean, those you're are, a those professional passes, quarterback. He's right. 10 yards away from you. Yeah, those passes were worse than Carlos Hyde's fumble, in my opinion. Because sometimes yeah. the ball gets knocked out. It's a physical sport, you know, down inside. But to miss a guy, to be a professional quarterback and miss somebody that's 10 yards away from you is unacceptable. Yeah, he also missed a couple other targets to Patton and White. I mean, he he was not on his game, that was for sure. And it's it goes back to the same thing I asked you last week about, oh, he's out of Kizar. It's the first time practicing in front of fans. He didn't look good. Was he nervous? Was he nervous again in this game? You know, he came out, he did not. He looked nervous. He, he, didn't, did. he didn't look like a guy who has been there before and that, that can, you know, put away the jitters or at least thrive on them. You know, take that... Um, that adrenaline and just and just just move forward and he just looked like he was he was timid he was shy he maybe looked even a little bit scared. Yeah, and at least if nothing else, the running game kind of saved that offense and they were just crushing it seven yards a carry or something like that in the first half. Um, and the Texans defense couldn't stop them from running the ball. All the running backs were getting in there doing things in the first half, so that was really great to see. And a lot of that has to do with the offensive line which right. is like the biggest thing I, I'm applauding right now. I'm so happy to see the offensive line play better than they've played since 2014. Yeah, it was something else, man. And, and what's great about it too, is that there are guys pushing the starters, that there are guys ready to jump in that, that aren't worse, you know, than the starters that yeah. they actually be better than the guys that are out there on the first team. And to be okay. That's just nothing we had last year. Yeah, exactly. To be okay with that starting five and then even still okay with the guys behind them is a great feeling, and that's a good yeah. problem for the 49ers to have, which is why I could have been coaxed into giving up one of those backups for a guy like Doriel Greenbeck. And hey, there's Robinson. still time. But you know, there's a lot of cuts that still need to be made. You know, every team's got to, what, trim 37 guys from their roster by, right, by September yeah. 3rd. So and, you know, there's a I lot did... of guys that maybe maybe sour cap casualties. You know, maybe a guy like Victor Cruz or something. You know, like not, not that that's the answer, but there are going to be guys like that that are getting cut. And I wonder if the 49ers just don't want a veteran receiver in there 
to mess up the development from some of the guys that they have in-house? Do they like their guys that much because they didn't do anything to try to resign Anquan Bolden? Right. Who would have been an obvious starter, a no-doubt starter, someone who could definitely help bring along some of the young guys. So would they even take on a veteran that was cut? Is that something they that, want? Or do, do do they need to see this happen on the field and be like, yeah, we really don't have a lot of receivers. Let's right. bring somebody in. <laughs> Wait, well, we're wrong. This development thing's going to take a lot longer yes. uh, than we thought. But, you know, it's it's one of those things where you've heard Balky mention a lot. Like, we're, we we developed through the draft. You know, you can't just buy a championship, this and that. He, he even talked about – someone asked him about the lull, you know, of a, of a bad football team. And he said, well, no one expected us to win in 2011, and, and we seemed to play pretty well then. Is this going to be 2011? I don't know. I, I've never put boundaries on a team. So he's kind of comparing it to the time when, you know, he brought in Harbaugh and all of a sudden they're a good football team. So he brings in Jim Kelly. Maybe they're a good football team. And, you know, the, it, there's the hope is definitely there. But do they have the talent? That's a great question. And I yeah. think they're a good enough team from what I've seen and just some of the young guys developing, if they develop at a curve that you would expect from a young, talented player that's drafted high, if some of those guys develop on defense and the offensive line looks as good as it has and the running game looks as good as it did in that preseason game and Carlos Hyde can stay healthy, then really it, you're only talking about some mediocre quarterback and mediocre wide receiver play and a pretty good rest of the football team. And that can be a team that can win a lot of games but the schedule makes it really just an extra level of, of difficulty to try to be a team that's that has a winning record. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. They have one of the toughest schedules, maybe the toughest in, in all of football this season. But again, that's based on last season, you know, and it's based right. on and that things uh, change so much. Who, who knows if one? Well, yeah, nothing. No other sport changes as quickly as, as the NFL does. And I no. think that's one of the reasons that that people love it so much, because every year your team legitimately has a chance. I mean, unless you're the Browns, but we're not. We're the 49ers. We have proven <laughs> that we can overcome. And, and we went through a long period if in the early or in the middle of the 2000s there, yeah. the aughts or whatever you want to call them, where it was bad football. It was. And, and you know, and, and then all of a sudden, 2011, Harbaugh takes over and, and we're back on top. We're back at a winning team, a team that who's got it better than us. You know, not a couple teams did, but that's about it, really. And this will be Chip Kelly's, like Chip Kelly will put this on his mantle if the things that are mediocre about the roster are the wide receivers and the quarterbacks and he's still able to coach a great season out of this team then you got to give it to chip kelly and say yeah yeah that well, was and, a hell and, of a hire and trent bulky right i mean he did it in 2011 and if he does it again you know nope, hats that's off yeah you've missed a lot on your draft picks and things like that but if it works every couple of years you hit the reset button and then all of a sudden it works or you say imagine having a really great gm with a really great coach <laughs> how much better could it really be <laughs> yeah no, but um, here's the thing. With Let's go back to Kaepernick for a second. We, we just talked about the schedule, and it's rough from the get-go. You got the Panthers week two, Seahawks week three, Cardinals week five, and you got the Rams week one, which I think is a very winnable game, not only because no, you're at yeah. home, but they got the rookie quarterback probably playing for them, even though they've got a pretty solid defense going for them. That'll be a really, um, just a really great barometer out of the gate. Although the 49ers, we thought that last year, right. they crushed the Vikings on Monday Night Football and went on to have only four more wins the rest of the year. Pretty bad season after looking really good in week <laughs> one. So don't get we thought, over. Yeah, we were all wrong. This is going to be fun. And then ran in some tough teams. And that this could be much of the same, even if they come out hot on Monday against the, the Rams in week one. And then, you know, Panthers, Seahawks, Cardinals week five. It, it could be a situation where a Colin Kaepernick, if he's not quite ready to go yet, but then gets healthy. And then we see Blaine Gabbert get destroyed in some of those top first five matchups. Maybe you see, maybe that's where 
it's caps time, week six on, an easier schedule, and there's a bye week, week eight, somewhere in there. I could definitely see this be a two starting quarterback season. Yeah, I mean that that sounds like that sounds legit. I I really believe that. Like maybe his arm was just a little bit sore, and so they're thinking, ah, let's sit him down. Let's let's give Gabbert every you know every excuse, every reason to become the starter. So it's not really a quarterback controversy. And then yeah, once he gets beat up after five weeks, then you make the change to Kaepernick, and he's fresh, he's rested. You know, he's got the legs. He gives a spark. Maybe the team goes on a little bit of a run. Yeah, that, that man, you got you're onto something there. Actually, it'd be just basically the opposite of what happened last year with with right. Cap and Gabbard. Cap looks so bad they had no choice but to sit him down. I I, I do want to see an extended run, whether it's in the preseason or the regular season, of Cap running Chip's offense, just to know. I don't want to go through this process and then still not know what that looked like. So I'm interested, and I hope that happens. I mean, maybe he's ready to play this weekend against the Broncos, but if not, at least against the Packers in, in the third preseason game or the Chargers in that last one, even if things have been decided by then, which they probably will be, he should get some extended run as the backup if that's the case, and hopefully his arm's good to go. And I, I want to see that. It's not enough to be like, well, he's kind of got a, a sore arm and, and Gabbard's been here for the preseason and the, the offseason and workouts and OTAs, and so he's our guy. That's not enough. I want to see one guy win that job or make it – pretty obvious that neither one is going to be the guy going forward and we need to start looking at college quarterbacks right <laughs> is driscoll the future <laughs> yeah and i'm still not sold on that one either but you know they if the season goes in the complete tank you might as well give him some run as well sure sure you know a, well, we're uh, too far away from that i don't want to start talking about the yeah. going in the tank yeah but hey before we get too low here let's let's go to our guest now let's do it all right, our guest is all over the bay area airwaves kmbr pac-12 network csn authentic and Back on Sunday, became just the third woman to do play-by-play announcing for an NFL game when she called the Niners-Texans game. I'm, of course, talking about Kate Scott. Kate, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on tonight, guys. Of course. So the game we're talking about, well, it was a loss for the Niners. Not a big deal. It's preseason, whatever. But what would you say was a big deal from that game? What was your, your biggest takeaway? Uh, my biggest takeaway is the 49ers still don't have a quarterback. <laughs> I was, uh, I had not high, but I would say relatively high expectations for, for Blaine going into it. You know, Kaepernick not going to be playing, rest in the shoulder. All right, Blaine, he, here you go, front and center. You know, easy. You don't have to compete against somebody who's going to be playing today. Go out there, shine for three series. And, you know, kind of stop this chatter about who the quarterback is for the 49ers. Instead, what happens on the first drive, throws behind Carlos Hyde on a couple of swing passes, three and out. And now it's like, okay, well, that didn't look great. (laughs) Now, granted, he did come back and had that great touchdown pass to Vance McDonald and then, you know, went out on a high note, handed off to Thad Lewis. Um, But that was one of the big takeaways for me. Uh, I thought that was a little bit concerning. Uh, granted, first preseason game, I'm sure there's jitters, all that stuff, but I'm hoping to see a big step in the right direction from him this weekend. Um, uh, other things that I noticed, it was great to see Mike Davis run the way he did because last year was underwhelming from from the guy that, you know, they spent a pretty high pick on, and he right. followed Marcus Lattimore at South Carolina. So, you know, the team was hoping for big things. Frank Gore's gone, got Carlos Hyde, need need a little lightning for, for Hyde's thunder. Um, didn't really get that last year, so it was good to see, again, it is preseason, but 
right. it was great to it was obviously it's preseason, but it was great to see that from him. And then I thought the defense. I mean, they posted a shutdown in the first half. The the Texans touchdown was on a fumble recovery for a touchdown, so that was good. So those were the three things that stood out to me as far as good things last week. Yeah, and you know, the offense, I mean, they put up 302 yards in the first half. I mean, all this talk about Chip Kelly coming in, it's going to be a high-powered offense, you know, get excited, and it, it was a little bit exciting, right? Mm-hmm, definitely. Well, they'd already <laughs> they'd already run for more yards in the first half than they did most games last yeah. season, so that was definitely <laughs> exciting. Sad um, but and true. That, and that's one of the things, you know, I was watching to prep for the for the games. I was watching a lot of Eagles film on YouTube. Um, and oh, the one thing about Kelly's offense is that it spreads guys out and it gets guys space and it lets them show off their speed, lets them show off their cutback ability. So this offense, even if the 49ers don't win a lot of games, I think it's going to be a hell of a lot more exciting than the offense was last year or even the year prior to that in Harbaugh's last year. So it could be a lot of fun to watch. It might not be that successful, but yes, it will be fun. Kate, I got to ask you, what was your, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. And Thank uh, you. do you think we'll see a better football team? It's hopefully going to be more fun to watch, even if it's another five win season. But do you think we mm-hmm. see a better football team than that five win season from a year ago? I think we are going to see a better football team. And I think the best thing that's happening right now for this team is that everybody is that picking them to finish last in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anytime a new ranking comes out, I was just reading on the computer a few minutes before, before I was talking to you guys, you know, oh, 49ers come in 32nd out of 32 teams yeah. in this. <laughs> I just saw that too. <laughs> you know, and I think that's the best thing that can happen to them because maybe not to the same level as Harbaugh, but in Kelly's first year at Oregon, he won a Pac-12 championship, and he was really successful every year he was there. Yeah, Philly said good riddance to him at the end last season, but in his first year and his second year, he won 10 football games after only winning four the year before he was there, and he won a conference title or division title, and he went to the postseason that first year. So I think that the low expectations are great. I think this team is going to surprise a lot of people with its tempo and its speed. And if they can somehow find a quarterback who's even semi-decent, because, I mean, look at the quarterbacks he dealt with in Philly. Right. And he, somehow, right. He, he made Nick Foles a wanted, <laughs> a wanted product in the NFL. I'm still not really sure how he did that, but he did. So, you know, I think there's a lot of similarities with another coach who was here and led the 49ers to successes um, not too long ago. So, yeah, I'm expecting definitely more than five wins, maybe not 11 or 12, but I'm, I'm seeing seven, eight, nine, depending on, you know, if the ball bounces their way the whole season. So we got to talk about Kaepernick. Uh, I know you were at practice today um, in Denver. Uh, what, what's Or in Colorado, I believe they're in Inglewood, I believe. Oh, um, Inglewood, are they? I, I, they're somewhere close to Denver. We're staying in yeah, Denver, yeah. but yeah, it was a bit of a drive to get there. Always up to no good. Uh, Colin Kaepernick, <laughs> he was out there. He uh, he did some side work. Is that what it is? And, and maybe handed the ball off a few times? Yeah, yeah. He was he was doing some you know soft throwing with, with a trainer um, at one point during practice. But for the rest of practice, he was out there right alongside uh, Blaine. Christian Ponder's here today after apparently getting on a flight last night. Jeff right. Driscoll was out there. So he was doing all the handoffs, and uh, he was, even when they were going 11-on-11 11 11 with the Broncos, he was in there. Um, he just wasn't throwing the football today. So it looks like he's all systems go except for throwing right now. Yeah. Kate, as a broadcaster, I'm interested. Uh, doing a Chip Kelly game, was the pace difficult to contend with when you're doing play-by-play? 
Uh, I was a little bit nervous about that. Yeah, good question, Brian. Um, thankfully, because it is the preseason, and <laughs> Coach Kelly kind of told me that before last week when we were out on the practice field. He said, "Don't worry, I'm not. I'm not going to throw 100% tempo at you. We'll probably only go about 80, 85%. <laughs> so, so that helped because it was definitely fast. Um, and I warned my analysts, Kina um, and Dennis, about that before the game. I said. Hey, I know most of the time it's chatter, 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 and then once the team gets inside the red zone, that's when you should lay out. Um, but, you know, pay pay attention to me, and let's pay attention to the field because I might need to keep talking before we get to the red zone. So they were great about that. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think the team last week, uh, getting back to the excitement we were just talking about and the speed, I think that was about 80%. So I, wow. I don't know if we're going to see 100% at all. Um, in the preseason because in practice when they have been going it is ridiculously fast um, and all the guys say that it's new but they say that it has them in great shape and that that was one of the things that some of the defenders said after the game against the Texans that they were thinking to themselves uh, why, why is Houston moving so slow like let's go we're ready for another play because they've, pl- they've been playing against their own offense so so hopefully that'll be a benefit for both the offense and defense as the year goes on yeah absolutely and 80 percent I mean wow it was already a stark contrast to one of the slowest teams in the league that we've seen uh, under Harbaugh and under yeah. Tom Sula so that's I mean the ramp it up even more that's going to be that's going to be fun to watch it's going to be very very interesting and just such a huge change from what we're used to seeing as 49ers fans well, and how much is, as 49ers fans, raise your hand if you are so sick of the delay of game penalties that <laughs> oh, we're just yeah. like no rampant. I've got both hands up. Years, both hands. Right? Yes. How many times were you like screaming at the uh. television? Five, four, snap the ball, call a timeout, mother. And then, and then it was, and then another yeah, whistle. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think we're going to have to worry about any of those this year. So that's a positive. Just fr- from what we're, we've come from last year, you know, Brian and I broke down every game last year, almost every snap, and it was Ooh. brutal. For a yeah. while, and this sorry just you guys it. had to do that. Yeah, Man. it was tough. This, I mean, we're we're definitely <laughs> faithful. You know? and, yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, now it's just watching one preseason game again. I know it's preseason, but just watching that, it was just so much more exciting. Oh, man. yeah. Well, after yeah. that first well, series. And, and that's one of the things that, you know, I've been out to a ton of practices um, and chatting with the beat writers who are out there every single day. And uh, back in OTAs, even when they were just kind of going through the motions, the guy said, this is so much different than last year. This is so much different and I said you know in what way and they said you know well first of all there's music Tom Sula didn't have music um, mm. but they said the energy the guys seem to be excited about being here and the coaching staff seems excited about being here um, and they really the, the beat writers seem really excited about the fact that because of the tempo so they go 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 really fast to practice and then they have teaching periods in between and because of technology is crazy these days, and I'm sure you guys have heard about this, but they have tablets out on the field that have literally, they already have the plays that they just ran recorded on them. So the guys can see what they did wrong two minutes ago. And the players have said that that's been really helpful because then they can try to implement those changes in the very next segment. So they teach and then they go back to playing. So they don't have to wait until three hours later when they're in meetings. Um, so the guys seem to really like that. So there's just a different energy from what the writers say um, and, and a fun, which I think is going to translate to the field. Kate, I, hope so. I gotta say, Kate, I was impressed with your knowledge deep into the third quarter of the your first <laughs> preseason game of a Texans rookie, no less. 
an undrafted tight end by the name of Steven Anderson. He caught a seven-yard touchdown pass, and then you proceed to go into detail about his family, walk-on career <laughs> at Cal. Then I realized, wait a second, Kate Scott wait is a, a Cal alum. I was thinking, damn, you went deep into preseason game prep. But, no, you had a little bit of knowledge. It was kind of a nice twist for you to get a Cal guy off there scoring a touchdown oh, for the Texans. Oh, man. Damn it. I was hoping you wouldn't realize that. Busted. Uh, but, yeah, that was that, – thank, thank you for saying that. And, and it did actually work out really nicely. Now, I did, have, I did have that information on all the other tight ends. So if they would have scored as well, I would have been ready. But it did, it did just work out. I was definitely fist-pumping a little bit under the, under the table up in the broadcast booth. I was like, oh, it's Steven Anderson. I know that. That guy. So uh, <laughs> you caught me on that one, Brian. You caught me. <laughs> Follow her on Twitter at Kate T. Scott. She's also on Instagram. Same name, KMBR, Pac 12 Network, CSN Authentic. And of course, she'll be calling this Saturday's game between the Broncos and the 49ers. She's Kate Scott. Thank you so much for joining us, Kate. This is awesome. Thanks so much, boys. I had a blast. Yeah, thanks, Kate. Oh, hey. So, Brian, listen, uh, you're, you're in for a treat here because I don't know many people out there that know this. Uh, Kate and I used to have a podcast together. Uh, it was called That's What She Said. It originally was <laughs> Scotty and the Wink. And uh, needless to say, shortly after the podcast, about four weeks, maybe five weeks into it, she got the gig at KMBR. And the rest is history. So you play your cards right, buddy. You're definitely on the right track here to, to kind of following in her footsteps. You know, you, you kind of use me as that springboard. I like that. Level. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just got to keep this going a little bit longer, and uh, until right. I get discovered, mm-hmm. and then boom, play by play. That's San it. Francisco That's it. You're, you're on everything, just like Kate. I mean, it's it, she's she's great. I mean, just she's such a, a breath of fresh air to all to all the normalcy that we got out there, and just the, the male dominated airwaves. You know, you, you hear Kate, and she did a fantastic job. She did a great uh, job, and she deserved it, and it was awesome to hear. The other thing is that she's just a great. Just listening to her talk to us, I mean, she's a great person to talk to. So yeah, you got to be stoked general, on general, she's her. not one of those fake people that just turns it on once the mic comes on. She, she's just a, a solid all-around individual. All right, we, where we can, hold on. Where can our listeners go listen to old archived episodes of That's What She Said with Scott you know, and Wink? It was, we were on Stitcher. Uh, I'm not sure if it's still around, to be honest, because I, I know we had to pay a little bit to, to host it. So I, it, it might be long gone. Kate might still have some of the archives. Oh. I'll see. I'll see if I can get a hold of some of those. Maybe we'll we'll put it up on our on our Twitter feed or something like that. Maybe we can find some. We talked a lot of 49ers, a lot of Giants, a lot of Warriors. It was just an overall Bay Area sports show. A lot of fun. Oh, I, I did I find something? Oh, did Vin, you? Oh no, <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> no, this one's Scotty and the Vin Dog. Oh no, no, no. We never even officially were Scotty in the Week. That was just the that was our working title. You know, when a movie oh, okay, is being gotcha. made and they kind of have a secret title. Yeah, that yeah. Was that one. Okay. No, it was it was that's what she said all the time. Stitcher. Well, I'm I'm still looking for it. If you can hear me typing away right now, I want to find okay. this thing. <laughs> that would be pretty fun. What did we cover? We're like we're missing something. We, we've should, should we take a look at ahead of what can possibly be happening here with this uh, Broncos game? Yeah, I mean, it's still an, another chance for this these young players to to show something. I know uh, Tank Carradine getting a lot of, of great reviews. Uh, his first game at outside linebacker, his coach is saying, you know, he got better as he went, which was good to see. You have uh, what, Chris Davis. He got that first crack at the nickel spot. It's another young guy. He wasn't even drafted. And, you know, now he he's out there looking great. It's I, I like the competition at all these different positions because I think it's just pushing everybody to get better, and you're seeing it. 
day in and day out of practice. And now we're seeing it in this preseason game. And, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll see them, them step forward as a team, as a unit, both the offense and the defense in game two. That's what I'm looking forward to uh, come, come Saturday. I couldn't agree more. I, Tank Carradine, he was off and on. He looks way too big to be playing outside linebacker. He, <laughs> he, he lost a ton of weight, too, to play that position. I really think he's a hand-in-the-ground, pure defensive end. And uh, some of the things he might struggle, he looked a little bit slow uh, in space, but he didn't play that bad. He did get washed out in one run play, which is position. That was he, early on, too. Yeah, it was one of the first times because I was like, who's that huge dude on the field that <laughs> I haven't seen yet? And I was like, oh, that's Tank Carradine standing up in a two-point stance. Okay. And then he completely didn't hold the edge and got washed off, and they right. washed out of the play, and they had a big gainer. Uh, but from then on, every time I saw him on the field, he looked, he he made things happen. He looked pretty good. He he was in coverage a little bit. So uh, I'm not going to put it past him that he can't do it, but at least he's got a role now, and he can kind of attack this new role because he was miscast as sort of a big-bodied interior guy. Sure, sure. And uh, you know, another thing I really like, uh, Charles Haley. Out there working with Eric Armstead, just working with some of the D linemen. What you couldn't possibly get a better person to be out there working with your defensive line than Charles freaking Haley. <laughs> Man, that, no, that could absolutely. It's that. I, every time I see him working with the guys, I get excited because that's awesome. yeah. I, I, every day, every day, it's wonderful. Keep him out there. Come on, Niners. Don't let this guy slip away. Phil Dawson, two for two, made a couple of uh, field goals. Obviously, you don't want to see Dawson on the ground. You want to see touch or on, on the field. You want touchdowns, but. You know, he, he still gets it done year in and year out. Bradley uh, Pinion, bunch of punts, as as uh, we got used to last season. Pinned a couple inside the 20 there. Inconsistency with Pinion yeah. is killer because he'll it, bomb some, and you're like, yes, and then he'll hit a flopper. It's And come on, just yeah. bomb it every time because he's got out, a leg. Man. He's obviously got a leg, but there's some weird inconsistencies with the way he strikes the ball or something. Cause, yeah, I wonder if it's the drop or, or something or if he takes his eye off it. Maybe it has to do with the rush coming at him and it's uh, it's more of a line issue who knows i have no idea that is not my expertise no i i actually held extra points in high school there you go so played, you got some special teams knowledge yeah i never went off the field i played everything i played offense defense special teams i even held the we never missed a, an extra point the whole season <laughs> that's some serious holding right there oh yeah jv football baby at the jv high school level that is serious that's football domination yeah. man it must have been sophomore year that's that's that was my peak. <laughs> that was before you got struck in the dome and you said, yeah, no, no more of this. Yeah, no. Right? Honestly, it was in the final game. I ran into some 300-pound, you know, huge guy. I was you know, a sophomore in high school. This dude was ridiculous alignment. I was a fullback, and I was like, I'm going to run this guy over like I've been doing all season to these little guys. And, <laughs> no, he he knocked me backwards. He was, like, running into a brick wall. And it's like, okay, yep, yep, I don't want any more of that. Yeah. <laughs> Hang him up. Yeah. That's awesome. I held on to the ball, though. That was the best part. You got to retire with a perfect hold extra point. Yeah, perfect percentage. hold record. I scored yeah. 13 touchdowns. Oh, man, I had a great That's great high time. school career That's one year. Time. So you were, you were a, an offensive weapon. You weren't just a blocker That's as a right, fullback. Man. Okay. Oh, I think our running back had 20 touchdowns or something. He, he was he was fantastic. Oh, you guys were had a serious ground game. Yeah, yeah. Well, we had a great quarterback, too. We, just, we were just domination. What, what was your quarterback's name? Give him a shout. Scott Ackley. Scott. He uh, he went on to play uh, at Butte actually. Oh no way! Yeah, just before Rogers. Okay. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I think he I think he went and did some uh, some semi pro stuff after that. So you're responsible for Kate Scott's career and Aaron Rodgers' career now. That's is that basically, right? Yeah, okay. I mean, break it down. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> I was at Butte People, the same time uh, Aaron Rodgers was there as well. 
not there playing football, but so Scott yeah. Ackley was there just before you. Okay, actually, probably at the same time because I think I was ending just as uh, Aaron Rodgers was getting going there. Oh, That'd it was. Be, you yeah. could tell you how good he was. You don't even remember him. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't <laughs> attend a single football game. I had no idea who Aaron Rodgers was until he was at Cal, gotcha, which is hilarious. Gotcha. And I was, then I say, "What? He was at Butte. I was at Butte." No, Ackley was one of these kids that was good at everything. You know, he he'd go out, he'd take him wakeboarding, and all of a sudden he'd be doing flips over the wake. Like, you've done this twice. What are you doing? <laughs> good stuff. Another preseason game coming up. Yeah, big preseason action. Uh, hopefully they start a little quicker, but I want to see that uh, offensive line looking good and that defense as well. The first and second team defense looked really solid. It was kind of unfair. I will say this. It was really unfair to have Aaron Lynch going against third team offense. No, right? <laughs> when, when he came on the field, I was like, oh, this is messed up, man. Yeah. This is messed up hey, putting him in here against hey. these guys. But he's got to get some work. Got to get some work. And, you know, you know he's not going to be there for the first uh, few games. So you got to give your other guys the chance at the first team uh, offensive lineman, so yeah it, yeah, it only makes sense. Plus, hey, come on, you're giving those third and fourth stringers over there a chance to you know show themselves. Oh, look, I blocked Aaron Lynch. Right, exactly. Give them chance, give themselves a chance, to put something on tape, and make a team yeah. uh, blocking a first team guy. And uh, that's actually what Jim O'Neill said about Aaron Lynch is that he's going to play a lot in the preseason because he doesn't get to play the first four games. So uh, the other guys need first team reps, and he's going to come in and play a lot in the second half of games. So that's going to be interesting. Sense to me. Yeah. Okay. Game two, let's tighten it up, guys. The Chip Kelly era has begun, and I am okay with it right now. I, I yeah. like what I saw, and if he can coach up those wide receivers and quarterbacks, then uh, he gets he should go into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, based on on last season and what we had to deal with for sixteen games, man, this is this is headed in the right direction. Yeah, and as Kate said, that was eighty percent. I can't wait to see that hundred mm-hmm. percent speed going. Oh yeah, it's very. Oh man, only a couple more weeks. Just not the punts within the first minute of the game, please. The 14 19 on the clock punts in the first quarter. Yeah, yeah, if you go fast, you're going to go three and out really fast sometimes. So th- those will be annoying. But uh, overall, if it ends up working, then uh, more power to them. Don't forget to subscribe, review the show, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at BD Peacock. You can follow Nick on Twitter at Bay Area Wink. Send us follow an email. Kate Scott, too. Oh, Don't forget you. that. Oh, yeah. Kate T. Scott. Kate T. Scott. And shoot us an email, goldfaithful49 at gmail.com. We will talk to you next time. See ya.